all of my experiences for from 2003 to 2007 or 8, it took all of that to realize this is the thing that like really gets my juices flowing, right? And I wouldn't have figured that out if it weren't for all of those crash and burns and and experiences of of good, bad, otherwise to to get to that point. Let's go. Welcome to Building Bigfoot. I am excited today. So we're with Josh Shanley. If you don't know Josh Shanley, um, you are in for a treat. So Josh Shanley is an author, influencer. Uh, he's massive in the real estate space. Uh, he's a tech uh, tech pioneer, I would say. It, literally, if there was a digital trend in the last decade, Josh has had his finger on the pulse before people even realized it was like it, it, the the idea had even been become a reality yet. So this is, um, yeah, so Josh is a, an awesome guy. I've personally uh, gotten to know you a little bit in the last few years, and uh, I've enjoyed every time I've got to hear you speak or uh, have a conversation with you. And yeah, so this is, uh, without further ado, I'm really excited to welcome Josh. So Building Bigfoot, obviously this is the podcast where it's about building your business profitably. And if you're building a business and you're self-funded, you're not a unicorn, you're a Bigfoot. Let's get in. All right, Josh, why don't you introduce yourself? I appreciate that. And I, I had to laugh when you said a tech pioneer because I'm imagining my children hearing me introduced as a tech pioneer and they would be rolling. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, really, really, I am. You can't even figure out the whatever. Anyway, um, so I appreciate the uh, the introduction and I'm excited to be here and uh, uh, share uh, my story and, and, and hopefully inspire and uh, encourage and, and maybe motivate some folks. Well, Josh, why don't you um, share a little bit about like, I'd love to know, um, obviously, you know, you've written books, you've, you've done a lot of things. Like, where did that come from? Um, did you always know, like as a kid, that this was something like you were going to get into business, that you were going to be like, you had this entrepreneurial, uh, this, this uh, passion for it? Definitely not. In fact, my parents... Um, so my parents have always been entrepreneurial. They've always owned their own businesses. Like literally, I think the only time my dad has been an employee, quote unquote, was for my um, my grandfather. My mom's dad employed him for a short period of time. It didn't last very long. So they were always very entrepreneurial, always self-employed. But it wasn't, I wasn't never, or I wasn't ever really like, I don't know. It just didn't seem like that was my path. And in fact, when I got started as an entrepreneur, like my parents just thought it was hilarious, right? Like thinking back to the way um, that, I don't know, the way I was in, in, in elementary school and, and, and high school. I mean, I, I went to college to be a health and phys ed teacher. Um, and um, I did that for about five and a half years. And I think what struck me or what sort of got me interested in, um, you know, a different, better way uh, than, than um, you know, the path I was on. Um, I remember reading, there were two books uh, when I was, I don't know, 20, the early 20s that really changed my life. One was uh, some, some real estate investing book and, and the name, the name will, uh, will, he was, you know, one of the guys on TVs, the name will come to me. But the other big one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I had um, 
a friend of the family recommend reading that. And it totally changed. Like, it just was like, I don't know, that book just screamed at me uh, in, in ways that I just was like, it made me question everything that I thought about the world. And then I remember very vividly. Uh, what, so what was it that you, you, sorry, no, sorry no, that's to, good. Um, what was it that you questioned? Like what, like I remember that book too. It, it had a profound uh, impact. I'm it just, just made me think, I just, you know, so, so here, this will tie in what I was about to say. I remember looking at, we, we, um, one of the places that I taught, we were, we were, I can't remember if we went on strike or we were, we were going to go on strike. And I remember I never really like looked at our contract and I remember opening it up and seeing a grid basically telling me my worth for the rest of my teaching career. Like if you have taught for this many years and you have this level of education, this is what you're going to be paid. And I just remember thinking and tying that to the lessons of rich dad, poor dad and thinking there's no way I'm spending the, the next 30 years of my life. 35, 40 years, whatever, just being dictated what my value is. I want to go out and create more value. Um, and uh, yeah, just like that, those, those were like revelations for me. And so I got started. Um, and I guess I'll also tie in another story. By just sheer luck and timing of the market, the first house my wife and I bought, we sold 15 months later and made like some crazy amount of money you know, just again, by luck. But I remember getting that check and thinking, this is more than I made the last year teaching, right? And then we did it again, again, more luck than anything, but we did it again. Like we bought a house and sold it 10 months later and made again, more than I was making in a year. So I was like, ah, does, maybe there's something on this real estate front. So, um, so I got started part-time more on the real estate investing side and uh, when my oldest son, who is now 16, which is crazy, when he was born, I took paternity leave from my teaching position, which was funny because my principal had no idea that you could even take paternity leave. Like he knew that there was maternity leave, but he was, I was like, no, it's, it's in the contract here. I can take, I can take paternity leave. <laughs> um, and uh, my thought was, um, he was born in November and I took paternity leave for the rest of the year. And then with the summer, it gave me basically nine months to see if I could, you know, if I could make it work and, and not have to come back to that position. And I never did. I never have. Um, in that time, I transitioned from uh, being a real estate investor full time, quote unquote, to getting licensed, uh, working primarily with real estate investors early on in my career as an agent. But what I realized through all of that was the, the the stuff that I was most passionate about, what most excited me, what what was most like, um, I'm very competitive, right? I, I went to school to be a health and PE teacher. I thought during college that I was going to teach phys ed and coach baseball for the rest of my life, right? Until I had that epiphany, rich dad, poor dad, and all that stuff. That's what I thought I was going to be doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm very competitive. And um, for me, what what came to the surface of what like was my sport or what got those competitive juices flowing for me was marketing was how do I how do I use words 
or or advertisements or 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 you know even video to take someone that doesn't have any idea who I am and turn them into a client. Um, and I think some of that was spawned by. I remember you know the first the first uh, network marketing business I ever tried because I've, I've I've done all kinds of different businesses and so forth and and getting you know the. Um, the, the little sheet that's like uh, your top 200 list, right? Like write down 200 names of people that you you know, so you can you can ask them, you know, to be a customer or try and recruit them, right? And I remember thinking, this doesn't seem like work I want to really be doing. And 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 when I got licensed, the first broker, um, like my onboarding meeting with him, he did the same thing, and I'm like, there's got to be a better like. I understand trying to get business from people that already know, like, and trust you, but that's not how businesses are scaled. That's not how like, you know, when you look at, um, you know, street text, for example, like if you guys only uh, got got customers from people that you know personally, like it would have it would have petered out pretty quick. Right. So having ways, uh, you know, building out client acquisition funnels or pipelines like that was, I don't know, 2007, eight, like that. That's where I sort of fell in love with that. Um, and I started creating training around that. And really, I was documenting what I was doing to build my own business because I used the strategies that I was teaching back then to go from brand new agent to uh, I was rookie of the year my first year. I sold the most houses in the in the brokerage. Now, it wasn't a huge, it was, you know, a small independent brokerage. So I'm not it wasn't like a huge, huge number. But like, I don't know, in my second year, I sold 46 or 48 houses, something like that. And it was primarily people that had no idea who I was, um, you know, three, six, nine months ago. Um, and some of that was necessity because my wife and I moved to an area where she grew up, but I didn't have, I, it's not where I grew up. So I didn't have any real sphere of influence and, and certainly didn't have any past clients, et cetera. So anyway, fell in love with that. Um, and then over the years, I built several companies, uh, coaching, training, around those ideas of client acquisition systems and, and, and pipelines and funnels. Um, and then uh, went back to actively selling real estate in, uh, in 2019 to, uh, to get back to practicing what I you know, had been preaching or coaching for, for quite some time. So that, <clears throat> that, that's such a, a interesting story. And so there's a bunch of things you said on there that like, I had never thought of or connected in the way that you described it. So um, you obviously love sports. You love baseball. Like baseball is an interesting sport because you're, you, you have like, you are a critical component of the team, but it's also a team yeah. sport. So it's, it's both the, the sum of the players, but every individual player matters yep. a lot. And, um, and so you were able to take that, that competitive, um, that competitive nature of yours that obviously found so much joy in baseball. And I know that you're still actively part of baseball. Your son's plays, your, your kids are all yeah. playing and they're obviously doing really well. Your son is playing football too, uh, right? He is. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So your, your kids are like obviously following, following closely behind you. Um, the, uh, so, so you're taking that competitive nature and you're, and you're putting it into a philosophy around marketing and, and I can, um, it's interesting. I can I can relate to that in, a, in an interesting way because I'm also really 
like I'm naturally fueled by competition. Like I love it. I, I'm 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 one of those competitive people that um, I get as excited when somebody else wins as I do sure. when I win. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but that's par- partially because of the fact that for me, I'm like, if somebody's out there and they're crushing it and they win, like like they did something amazing. I'm yeah. so stoked for them. Um, but there's nothing inside of me that doesn't want to come first. So there's, it's just like push, 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 push. And then like, if I die falling over the finish line and someone else wins, I'm going to go congratulate them because I'm stoked for them. Um, the, uh, uh, but that, that competitive nature, putting it into something like marketing, I, I never, like, I never tied that together the way you just described it. It makes sense why it's so fun. Yeah. I mean, here's like, for me. I am excited to get up and do that work, right? It, it's it's something that, and I will say like my wife, there has been many times where my wife has felt jealous because the stuff I do excites me and fills me up or what I spend most of my time on, let's say anyway, right? We all have stuff that we kind of have to do that whatever is, but but the majority of what I do is joyful for me. And it gives me energy and, um, and you know, I, I, my wife would not, she wouldn't have a problem with me saying that. Like there, there have been times where that has been something that, uh, if, if nothing else, she wishes that she felt more like that about what she does, um, as, as what I do. And, um, so I feel very, I feel very blessed for but that. Did you, did you feel that way? That that's like that's incredible, Josh. Like that's um, I love hearing that. Now, did you feel that way when you were in like when you were teaching phys ed? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I would say no, not a hundred percent. Anyway, I loved the kids, and I still love kids, and I I still I have been though I haven't taught for sixteen and a half years now, or whatever it is. However old my son is, my oldest is. I still coach lots of things. So I still coach lots of youth sports. Like this spring, I'm coaching my youngest daughter's softball team. And I still like, you know, I'm kind of like my my oldest son's personal, you know, hitting coach and stuff. But I also view a lot of what I do as also that coaching role, right? Uh, my own sales organization and, and so forth. So I get that, uh, you know, I get that fulfillment from from that. But I can't say that I was excited to wake up in the morning when I was teaching as I do, you know, to get up and 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 uh, and tackle the day most days now. Yeah. And, and, and what is like if you were to think about it as a, um, you know, uh, uh, an X, Y axis, do you do you know like what that collision is? Like wh- where's the like what's caused like how have you found that sweet spot, like the passion? Or you maybe you've thought about this. I wouldn't have found the passion if I didn't, you know, it took me years to to realize that, right? Like I, I wouldn't have found that if or all of my experiences for from 2003 to 2007 or 8, it took all of that to realize this is the thing that like really gets my juices flowing, right? And I wouldn't have figured that out if it weren't for all of those crash and burns and and experiences of of good, bad, otherwise to to get to that point. Um, 
and and being exposed to different people and and even you know understanding that that like that is a thing right like you know marketing and and being compensated for that knowledge and that expertise was even you know that's certainly not something i was aware of in 2003 4 or even 5 right so all of those collective experiences led to the you know the point of realizing this is the thing that actually i'm best at i think and certainly excites me so that if I'm not the best at it now, it's exciting enough that I'll want to keep getting better at it, right? Because that's the other thing. And I'll, I'll say very transparently. Yeah, that makes, that makes so much sense. Yes. No one that, um, I will share something here that has only been shared in our household only because I doubt it will ever get back to uh, anyone, you know, my son, my son, you mentioned my oldest, he plays football and baseball. He loves baseball. He likes football, right? And football to him feels more like a job. Baseball is mm. joyful for him. He likes all of it. He loves practice. He loves extra practice. He loves the grind of it. Football, he likes Friday nights. Doesn't love the rest of it, right? And for me... I realized that I like representing clients and selling houses. I still do it. I love marketing. I love all of it. I love all the nitty gritty. I love the grind of it, right? And so um, understanding that, finding that for yourself and understanding that for yourself, I think is, um, I feel very blessed to have realized that when when I have, because I know there are many people that never find that or that struggle with that until, you know, my mom still kind of struggles. She's just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I should do with my life. And my mom's twice my age or not twice my age, but a lot older than me, you know? And so I feel blessed to have uh, realized that when, when I did. And listen, I've had loads of bumps and bruises along the way. And, and uh, you know, it always, it hasn't always been uh rainbows and unicorns that's for sure but um this what i've been able to do has also afforded me the opportunity to to do the things i i realized once we started having kids i didn't want to miss anything and we have so many now that it's impossible not to miss some stuff because it's so many overlapping events but like there's been very little important benchmarks in their life where i haven't been able to be there and and in, in many cases, wow, directly cool. participating, whether it be coaching or volunteering or whatever. And that's something that can't ever be taken away, regardless of financial X or Y or Z. Yeah, no, that is that is um, very impactful, obviously, to your kids, too, whether or not they they know it even in the moment years later. It will it, the the fruit of that will continue to uh, show up in their own lives. And we hope so. We hope so, and we hope that it passes down the line as well, right? Um, for them with their children as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that's yeah. That's very cool. So so for like moving forward, as you uh, yeah. So 
moving forward, building your business, um, you you find what is really your passion. It's your sweet spot. You're in real estate. You're you're doing marketing. You're like, hey, digital marketing. This is a ton of fun. It's matching my my strengths, my passions, the interests, things I love to do. Um, and like, is it immediate success? Like, you know, what what happens? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I can tell you. Uh, and there's a story in the book. You mentioned that I'm an author. I don't have one of them here. Uh, but uh, I tell the story in the book where, um, I mean, there was a a period of time where it was very, very rough. Um, and like, it was looking like I w- we were going to have to move in with my in-laws, like, because I was just not figuring it out and just getting farther and farther behind. And some of that was poor decisions on real estate investments. It was just a compounding avalanche of things. Um, and what got me through that or, or what, how I came out the other side of that was doubling down on, on what I'm good at. Right. And, and, um, and cutting the stuff that, um, where, where I was trying to shortcut success for lack of a better term, right? Like just trying to, um, I don't know, to try, to try and, you know, yeah, just to, to, to take shortcuts and, and, and also getting outside my, my level of expertise and, 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 um, I don't know, trying, trying to do too many things at once, right. Versus singularly focusing on what I'm good at and where I can bring the most value, um, to, to the market. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, there were some, there were some rough times and many, um, sleepless nights and, a you know, a acidic pain in the pit of my stomach, like wondering how, how did I get myself here and how am I going to get out of it? Um, but, uh, you know, I did. And, um, I'm grateful for that 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 experience and those lessons learned. I'm better for them. Um, uh, you know, I don't wish that on anyone, uh, but a lot of times we have to go through significant valleys to uh, to get to the the ultimate destination, or 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 at least to get back on the right path or the right uh, you know or even figure out the right journey that you want to be on, the right path to be on. Yeah, that. Um... I don't know any entrepreneur who hasn't ha- experienced that at some point in their life. And uh, even the one that looks like uh, everything's always gone right. If you actually have a conversation with them, you realize, no, <laughs> everybody's had this moment where they've they've been lying in bed and they're just up all night and they're thinking exactly those those, those words. How did I get myself here and how do I get myself out? And um, this is... Uh, this is just a reality, a normal reality of, of, um, of yeah, the entrepreneurial journey. And um, actually, I just spoke to uh, a guy. He's in South Africa. He was on the podcast last week, and um, uh, Aaron Walker, and he's sharing his journey. He's building this um, uh, software app. It's on on the um, app store, and. Uh, He's he's in that moment right now where he's even himself thinking is like, is this even worth it? <laughs> is it worth the pain? Like he's having success, he's doing really well, but but it, there's that moment where you wonder and uh, um, 
And then I heard a really cool story about the Ugg founder, uh, the guy who started Ugg Shoes. I don't know if you like familiar with that brand or not. But, well, I'm familiar with the brand, but I'm not familiar with the backstory. Oh my goodness, it's a wild backstory. I I'll share you um, like uh, like a an interview of his after this, but um, it's it's very cool. But like he went through that, and then he just made it his like um, I don't know how you describe it, like uh, benevolent fortitude, if that's the right word. He had this like weird part of his brain that just decided. I'm going to keep going, even if it's not in my best interest, my personal gain. There's no personal gain for me to keep going. But because of that, he ended up taking his business. And now obviously Uggs is a billion dollar business. And um, the, but it wasn't a overnight success story. It was 20 years of hard, 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 like, like literally at one point he owned zero percent of Uggs from the guy who founded it to owning zero Imagine that and then waking up and choosing to get off the floor out of depression and say, no, this is still my passion to then going back and owning 100% of the company. So like, how does that happen? You, I'll share you the story. But um, yeah, everybody's gone through it. And so the um, so now one of the things you talk about, I actually was watching a video of yours that you recorded um, uh, a couple of years ago, and you were talking about the power of leverage. And now this is something we've we've spoken in the past about this as well. Like you have this philosophy of, around leverage, both when it comes to um, how to do marketing at scale, and then now you're building like uh, your the, you know your real estate and the mortgage businesses and the teams, uh, which I want to get into in a second. But first, I want to talk a little bit about leverage. Like, can you describe what leverage means to you, and and how you apply that to your marketing approach, and how that's enabling you to do so many things? The the analogy I'd make on the real estate side, well, first of all, I would say that it's of such interest to me because um, I will describe myself as productively lazy. I'm not afraid to work hard. And there are many times where my wife would prefer I not work as hard as I do. But I also, um, I want to be working at things where I am creating more leverage or, or, or building more, um, uh, you know, growing something versus um, a, sort of a hamster wheel or, or treadmill situation. And real estate has always been, I think there's always been, even today, there's still this, this idea that if you want to sell more houses, just knock on more doors. Make more you know, cold calls, uh, do more pop buys or whatever. And yes, you can get more business like that. And also when you stop that, it stops. So leverage for me is what can I do today that will have compounding benefits tomorrow, next week, next month, next quarter, next year? Versus, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, doing something today where there's a there, you know, there's immediate gratification, but then tomorrow it's 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 nowhere. So leverage for me is in the simplest form in real estate. You know, growing and nurturing a database. Street Text is a great way to do that. It's 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 why I started using the platform, whatever, two and a half years ago or two years ago now. Um, I've been using Facebook. 
but it but it starts it starts there it doesn't end there and and i think this is the thing that you've you've got figured out that's really really key because you can start by by implementing a system and start filling your pipeline but but that's not the full story of leverage that's that's only starting it yeah i mean that's uh you, you know you, you yeah you've got to have multiple layers of leverage and and multiple you know um components to really um you know get get the long-term benefit of of leverage and and there are you know there's leverage through technology and there's leverage through um uh, you know human capital or human you know you know humans doing doing work and and um i think marrying the two is how you really maximize you know your opportunities right what what technology can i leverage and in fact you know, as I was scaling my my local real estate sales, when I reactivated my license, um, and uh, I remember during the summer of 2020, I was looking and really assessing: I need more leverage. Am I going to gain that leverage through technology or through hiring people? Um, and ultimately, I ended up doing both. But like those are to me, those are the only those are the real two ways to to create leverage i guess through other uh i guess you could have assets as well leverage uh, i'm sorry technology assets and and human capital but um if you're if you're hearing if you're hearing a little bit of banging on the podcast josh is getting excited <laughs> yeah sorry i was banging on the table um you know um i'm, I'm trying to think of how to tie that together with you know, so I'll give the, you know, the real estate example with Street Text. You guys have lots of people that have used the platform over the years. I don't know how many thousands. And so many of them, most of them have generated leads, right? But they didn't have, they didn't have the other systems in place to leverage those opportunities into conversations, into or into appointments, and then into clients, right? And that's where any business you're in, you have to look at the the different benchmarks along the way of how do I take someone who isn't familiar with what we do or this brand or or how I can service them and how do I move them along, right? And and most people, you know, stop here and they never figure out how to make up the rest of the gap. And that's why, you know, I don't know that 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 that's why the 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 uh, the churn rate in real estate agents is so high. I think number one, um, and number two, I think it's probably why the churn rate in businesses in general is so high. Is it 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 it's really hard. It's easy to get the interest. It's hard to build a predictable machine that over and over and over predictably will take, you know. And, and turn a dollar into five or a dollar into two or a dollar into a dollar ten, you know, uh, and and looking at all of finding those leverage points at each step in the way. That's where the, the magic is at. And that's the difference between, you know, those that fail and the few that that succeed uh, over time. I, I have a friend um, who he says build a business that you never or build a life that you never have to retire from 
And what he means by that is build a business that you never have to retire from. And what he means by that is saying exactly what you're saying, which is figure out what your strengths and your interests and your passions are, and then look at what of those items are um, creating the most value, both for yourself personally, but also for the world. Focus on those things that you're highly passionate about that are creating a ton of value, and then scale everything else, leverage everything else. Because if you can... Um, if, if you can either have technology or people doing the things that don't fuel your energy, don't fuel your interests, are distracting you, taking your time away from the things that you love to do, like spending time with family, um, maybe you want to go on vacations, holidays, things, you can actually design any business. It doesn't matter what it is. You can design any business that you have to um, to enable you to do these things. And the only reason that people don't is because of a mindset that they have that's holding them back. And sometimes those mindsets are really simple. Like, I can't go away because then the team will think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not whatever. And I can't, um, I can't spend time with my family because this deal is too important. Well, what, what you're really saying is, I would rather take care of this little fire in front of me right now, instead of preparing for the opportunity of the future, and and I'm putting this little fire in in as a as higher importance than spending time with my family, and so if we kind of if we recognize the the things that are stopping us from up to like optimizing our life to really have a dream life, we'll realize that at the end of the day, it's not the business; it's always been us. It's been the decisions making framework that we've had, and we can actually choose to have a different decision making framework that will give us that quality of life that we love, but also give us the value equation that we're looking for. Um, while leveraging everything else. And so um, you talked about, you shared this with me one time. You said, like, you basically, your approach is not to go door knock every single house and it's not to cold call every single person. You want technology doing that yeah. for you. Um, uh, you know, obviously marketing is incredibly powerful because you get to find people who are going to be interested in your services. You then get to introduce yourself to them that, yes, I exist. You know that like it's sort of the idea is like if you have a business and you don't do marketing, it's it's sort of like um, it's like going it's literally like um, turning off the lights on the on the open sign on on the street. It's it's um, nobody's going to know that you're open. Nobody's going to know that you're there. So yeah. it's like a gym membership, but you don't actually go to the gym. Yeah, or or or, or being a gym owner and um, you have no equipment. Like, yeah. putting your gym shop in somewhere that that like isn't even like nobody yeah. would ever go and so it's it, so marketing is a great way because you can actually like there are people who need your services every single day right every single day there are people waking up and they're asking themselves who's the best person or company that could serve me and the reality is is you're right there and they just haven't heard about you yet so marketing puts you front and center in front of them it helps you introduce but then marketing also does another thing it's like okay now i've introduced myself you get to build a relationship, you get to, through marketing, it's through the content, through serving and providing value and all these things over time. But marketing also can nurture, create appointments and even get to people to the place that you, that they are actually looking forward to working with you right now. And you shared with me, you don't do door knocking um, because you have marketing doing that because you, you were basically, your marketing program is setting up appointments for you. Can you describe a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's leveraging multi-channel uh, and and leveraging technology and and human capital to take someone, for example, on the real estate side. So I've got a ad campaign offering 
whatever, a free home valuation or um, an offer that we use on that side that is a good sort of universal catch-all is we offer a, a list of recently price-reduced homes. So the, you know, a homes list, but just a little different spin on it. And when someone requests that list, number one, we make good on that request, right? So we get them the information they're looking for. And number two, we're going to have a multi-channel, multimedia follow-up strategy for that that leverages email, text, ringless voicemail, video text, video email, and real live humans following up with those folks. Now, the real live human element, they're going to focus their energy on the folks that have already responded. So if we generate 100 people that raise their hand, let's face it, in this scenario, a certain percentage of them were really just curious, you know, uh, when you're talking about Facebook ads, it's interruption marketing, right? It's not intent-based marketing. So there's there's a percentage of those folks that really, they're just curious. They're just, you know, kicking tires. So they're going to focus their, we're, we're using technology to build a more targeted audience of people that have have gone through several benchmarks. And then we invest the human capital into, all right, let's personally follow up so that we can judge their timing what they're looking for in a home, a school district, uh, beds and baths, a price range, et cetera, and then appropriately dispositioning that lead based upon that conversation. And all of the while, it's from a service-based approach, not a sales-based approach, right? So like- Can you, can you double click on that? Yeah. When I got started in real estate, and I still think that there's some of this going on, you know, where you're taught to knock on doors or cold call and ask, you know, who do you know that's thinking about buying or selling today? Like that is sales. And that can work, but it's not, generally speaking, it's not a welcomed experience for the person receiving the sales pitch. And it's not fun for the person giving the sales pitch versus a service-based approach of, hey, I've got this thing. Are you interested? Oh, you are? Let me let me make good on you're interested? Here here's the thing. And oh by the way, why are you interested? What has you interested? Are you are you looking to buy a home for your you and your family or are you looking to buy an investment property? Are are you thinking about moving soon or you know uh or or is this more of a long term? Are you renting currently or do you have a home you need to sell first before buying, right? Like finding out being genuinely curious and finding out, can I help this person? How can we help this person? And when do they need our help? Uh, versus trying to be pushy sales guy and just, you know, going for, I understand the logic of the go for no, right? The, the, the idea that if I just get enough no's, somebody will eventually say yes. But like, why don't we just get more yeses, right? Let's focus, what you focus on expands. So if we're focusing on go for no, we're going to get a lot more no's. Let's go for the yes. Let's use marketing words and and and, and video to, to get the folks that are already in, in interested or, or, or at least thinking about being quote unquote in market. Um, that makes so much sense. It's true. What, what you focus on does expand and what you focus on 
we can't help but move towards. I think that's the very concept. I So when we have a picture in our mind, a vision, let's say, like a clear vision, like we're like, hey, this is what I want my life to look like. We naturally move towards it. Like you can think about it in the sense of um, faith. People have like they haven't they have, you know, they have a dream or something that they're moving towards. Um, part of it is just that they have clarity of where they're going. And that's the direction they're now going to move. If they're if they're looking at the thing that's negative, like you just described, guess where yeah. they're moving. The the brain can't tell the difference. So our bodies just move. When we have clarity, we move in that direction. And I think that um, that's a really important statement you just made. I'm certain that you have found this as well. I know this from my my own experience. When I work with people who believe what I'm telling them will work, more often than not, it works. When I work with people that are skeptical or want want the the want the thing to prove to them that it works more often than not it doesn't and i would bet that the most successful street text people are the people that believe from day 1 this is going to work or i'm going to make this work versus you know we'll, we'll see you know uh, we'll, we'll see if this works right and that that's the idea of faith or belief and then what happens is if you believe that it's going to work, you're going to find the evidence that it will and it is working, which grows your belief and it it, it gets you to focus more on the, the how and why it's working. And it creates a beautiful sort of positive snowball effect versus, uh, you know, the, the, the exact opposite. Uh, and and, and um, it goes back to something that you said before, you know, it's 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 your mindset, the mindset of. Um, putting out fires or, or designing your life around, you know, uh, um, leveraging technology and, and, and people to make sure that you're, you, you don't have to be the, the constant, uh, putter outer of fires, you know, like you, you've got systems and operating procedures in place to handle those things. Yes, Josh. Now, we're going to have to do a follow-up interview because this is really good. And I feel like we're just getting into the meat now. Um, but Josh has got a hard stop. He's got another, um, you you are required for another mastermind or, or session. And so. Oh, I've got my, I've got my, yeah, my mortgage team huddle. Absolutely. Yeah, which I wanted to get into. I wanted to talk about that and and how you're building these different businesses now. Because you've, you basic, yeah, it's very cool. Very exciting. Um, Josh. Uh, Two questions just as we leave. How can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Um, and uh, if there's one thing that you want to leave the audience with now, what would what would that be? So where can you find me? I'm I'm on all the, the socials. Um, I've got a funky spelling of, of my name. Um, and an easy place, a, a resource that we've been building for the real estate community specifically. Uh, you can go to wakeup.realestate. Wake up dot real estate. Uh, and that's a great way to, uh, to sort of experience some of what we do and, and, um, resources and, and things that we've been putting together. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok. If that, uh, who knows how much longer that'll be around. And, and what I would, um, I said, what, what would I leave people with? Um, th this is, uh, this is hard for me. So I feel, I've mentioned this several times and I mean this truly, I feel truly blessed that I have had people in my life that have always, um, or I might actually cry, um, 
I've always had people that have encouraged me that I can do it. And I know that that is not the case for many people listening to this, whether it has been parents or friends or other family members who have been skeptical or have projected their insecurities on you and what you're trying to do in life and in business. And I want you to know that if you need someone to encourage you, I am happy to be that person because I truly believe that anyone can do whatever it is that they desire to do if they have the right environment and the right people encouraging them. And, um, and so, you know, I feel at least on some level, Jonathan, that you're trying to do that with this show. Um, and I know that, uh, that you guys do some amazing things for, uh, our real estate community on the street tech side of encouraging and so forth. And, uh, so that's what I would leave people with is, is, uh, you can do it. You can, regardless of what anyone yes. else in your, in your, in your, uh, in life, maybe, maybe consciously or, con or subconsciously or directly or indirectly leading you to believe you, you are worthy and you can do it. I'd, I'd go like a hundred percent. Like not only can you do it, you were born to do it. The challenge you're facing, the obstacle you feel literally you were born for that challenge. Like you are made to do it. You are, you are capable beyond belief and you are absolutely 100% destined to do the things that you have the desires of your heart. I feel that without a shadow of a doubt that there's nothing that is impossible that you cannot overcome that you cannot do if it is in the direction that you feel in your heart aligns with your passions and your interests. I So Josh, thank you so much. I love this. That was what a closing. You said you felt like crying. I suddenly felt this sense of like, wow, peace. And so I was just like, whoa, that was a cool feeling. So thank you so much, man. Um, and yeah, so it really is that. It's just, I want to show people um, that the part of the heart of this is that there are options. There are options and there's opportunity, yes, and there's options. And so so when we face a challenge, there's an option in front of us and we get to choose an option. And sometimes we just have to see it. Uh, a powerful, I had a quote with a guy, uh, I talked to a guy, Martin, uh, he was doing a documentary in Africa. And he said to me when he got back, he's like, he's like, the challenge is, is that in some of these places, people can't see beyond the cloud of poverty. And And guess what? You know, that cloud of poverty, it, it exists for a lot of people in um, and that poverty, I really feel like it's what it is, 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 is that if we haven't seen the options and so just let's just make the options visible for everybody. Yeah. Amen to that, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Have a great day. Go crush your huddle and uh, talk to you. Let's go.